Welcome everybody back to the Fire Talk podcast and YouTube channel. Today we're going to be talking about Fernando Tatis. And if you guys did not see yesterday, there was a video where he's basically robbing a home run on the uh, Petco porch. And there were some rumors about him potentially coming back playing either center field or right field. And the rumors are definitely heating up a lot. So we talked about it a little bit last night in the live stream. Um, Isaac wasn't there. So Isaac, I'll let you lead it off. What are just your overall thoughts of the Padres potentially moving Fernando Tatis into the outfield for the rest of this season? Uh, I think I talked about it a little bit uh, during the preview for the Diamondback series. Um, I mean, I don't think in terms of in terms of moving him, like I don't think you exactly get any benefits out of it, except for, yeah, you can maximize the lineup with Frazier, Cronenworth, Tatis. You can have them all, you know, and you're going to benefit from that. But from an injury standpoint, which is the main reason we're talking about this, I don't think he'd benefit very much. Um, he's still got to make acrobatic. You, you know he's not going to slow down. He's going to be full throttle. He's going to run into walls. It's just that's who Fernando is. That's that's what he does. It's the kind of defense he plays. It's the kind of player he is. He he loves the game, and he's not going to slow down for for anything. Um, the whole point is that, you know, you're going to move a gold glove shortstop from last year, first team all shortstop, um, first team all. I mean, first team all MLB shortstop. And I guess, you know, Cronenworth has been – great at shortstop kim has been great at shortstop frazier obviously you want to keep him you know you want to keep him in the lineup wherever it is fam you want to keep him in the lineup because how often he gets on um but in terms of fernando you the reason i'm saying all this like two of his injuries have come on offense one came at the plate 10 day il stint the other came base running another 10 day il stint the one that came on defense was when it was against the reds and he was only out for a couple of days, which was nothing. Even, I don't even remember if it was a couple of days. I, I don't think it was, but um, I don't think moving him gives him any benefits. I think, you know, he's still going to dive. He's still going to do everything possible to try and make plays out there in the outfield, you know, and, and you got to cover a lot more ground out there in the outfield. You got to make a lot further throws. Um, so I just, I'm not opposed to it. He's a great athlete. He'll succeed wherever he plays. He's going to cover a lot of ground. He has a great arm. He has all the tools to be an amazing outfielder. Obviously, Wayne Kirby was super excited for the thought of having Grisham and Tatis out there. You know, two guys that are going to cover a lot of ground, possibly having, you know, one of the fastest outfields in the whole league. Um, but I don't think you move him just based off an injury. If you're going to move him, you're going to move him based off performance. Um, he does, he doesn't have much time to adapt. He doesn't have much time to learn, learn Petco's outfield. He doesn't have a lot of time to do all, all that. So, um, I think the best bet is to keep him at shortstop for the rest of the year. If you want to move him next year, that's fine. Um, but I think this year you keep him at shortstop because I don't think you minimize injury risk anywhere. My thing though, is I don't think the Padres are doing it to minimize injury risk. I think they're doing it to maximize the lineup and putting Tatis in right field. You do because you know, you can keep Frazier and Cronenworth in the lineup at the same time. Tatis is because if Tatis isn't playing short, one of them is more likely sitting the bench because Eric Hosmer is not leaving for space. And then you have Will Myers and right, who has granted been struggling incredibly recently. He's been hitting the ball, but he's only going like one for three, and then he strikes out the rest of his at-bats, and it's just not fun to watch for the team. And Pham is kind of struggling too, so just having both of them in the outfield is kind of putting two holes in the lineup when realistically you can only have one and then platoon Myers, Marisnik, and Pham in the other spot and then have Tatis, and your lineup is more maximized. 
Uh, I like him in right field more than center. You can't take Grisham out. He's a gold glove. That's his area. It's He's established that he's a star center fielder, so you can't take him out there. Right field is kind of the area where probably the least amount of batted balls go. He has a stronger arm than Myers and Pham, so he also has to play right for that reason. And even though he has around the same injury risk because the guys run into walls, the guys make diving catches, and I feel like defensively it might be a plus because we've seen a couple of teams move the guys that have struggled in the middle infield spot and put them wherever else because they're just that athletically gifted. One example off the top of my head is that's what the Padres did with Franchi Cordero. Made a ton of errors at shortstop in the minor leagues, and they moved into outfield, and he improved instantly defensive-wise. That never came around, but I feel like the same thing could be done with Tatis. It is a really interesting topic because there are, I think there's definitely pros and cons to, to each side of it. Um, Isaac, you're a little bit more wary than I think me and Chase are um, in terms of like how it would affect the team. Um, I think it's really important that you guys also brought up the lineup aspect of it because what we saw Frazier in left field, he didn't look nearly as comfortable as he did at second. And he's a very good second baseman. Um, we've seen Jake Cronenworth can play shortstop at a very, very high level. And we all think Fernando is a gold glove caliber player, like you said, Isaac. And he was, was he, he was either all MLB first or second team at shortstop last year. Um, I believe he was first team. So he showed that he can be a very, very good defensive player. He's, and he's definitely flashed that this year. Um, his defensive, uh, what is it? The outs above, uh, outs above average, I think it is, is like barely negative now. And so he's been since like that first couple weeks where he had that really rough stretch, he's actually been a, an above average fielding shortstop. So it hasn't been like terrible for the whole year. So if you, if you look at the numbers and you take out that sample size where he was clearly really rusty at the position, um, then it's, it, he's been pretty solid. Um, now he is leading the league in errors. Um, we've seen that Jake is very, very reliable at shortstop. Um, and I think a lot of the reason that he is leading the league in errors is, is definitely because of that shoulder injury. He hasn't really found like, he'll like slip and do weird stuff. Um, and it's just like, he hasn't been super healthy there. Um, and that, and also it happened right after he came back last time from the injury. That was when it got really bad. So that could potentially happen this time. If he comes back and plays shortstop, I think that's kind of a fair thing to, Maybe it doesn't happen, but it could happen. Um, where if you leave Cronenworth at shortstop, that's not going to be the case. I think Fernando in right field is a really, really good spot for him. Uh, you brought up the arm. If we see Fernando play right field, we'll see guys, you know, a guy on second base, someone hits a single into right, it, you know, a one hopper. Fernando's going to take it and throw a one hopper to the plate and throw guys out pretty like on almost like a routine level, I feel like. Because we've seen, he did that earlier this year on when he was the uh, cutoff man. Um, I believe it was against the Rockies. I might be wrong on the opponent, but he had a really good throw where, you know, he one hops and it was, I think it was the hardest throw or the fastest throw all year from an infielder. Um, so he's a, he has a cannon. He's very rangy. However, one thing I would be concerned about him playing in the outfield is, is the walls. Because he, like you said, Isaac, he doesn't have a feel for the Padres outfield. And if you see him flying, he hits a wall where he doesn't expect it to be there, like just thinks he has a couple more steps or whatever the case is, that could potentially be a lot worse for him. Now, I think the overall wear and tear from playing shortstop to outfield is minimized, but it's hard to tell how much it's actually minimized because it, it, it's a hard thing to gauge. Um, and, and like you said, I, I don't think he ha he's had like a, a serious injury at shortstop when he was diving. I know he got hurt in spring. I don't remember if that was – I want to say that was hitting, but I'm not exactly sure. Um the only one I believe really it was it was fielding, Chase. 
Okay. Yeah, he went to take a backhand, and the way that the ball hit his hand, it just kind of put a little too much pressure on his shoulder, and he came out of the game afterwards. Okay, I rem- I actually remember that now. Now that you say it, I, I remember seeing that play. Um, the only other one I remember is when he dove and he like winced, and you saw him like you're like, oh, it's it's definitely hurting a little bit. But I don't think he came out of the game that time, and that was like maybe two weeks before he went out this last time. Um, so I, it, the big question is like, how much does it minimize them? And if they think it minimizes the chance of him getting hurt a lot, then I am a lot more like pro it. Um, I'm not really against it though because at the end of the day, it's gonna help the lineup more. Um, but if he's, and I think that's, you know, that's why he's out there shagging balls. If he's shagging balls and he's lost and he's running into the walls, they're obviously not just going to throw him out there if he, if he doesn't have a feel for it. But he has, it seems that at least like from what we've heard, it does seem like he has a really good feel at the position. You saw Wayne Kirby talking about it and he was like, yeah, yeah, put him out there. Like you're going to see an absolute monster on the defensive side of the ball. So if that's what they think is that he's just going to go in there and, and be an amazing defender, then yeah, go for it. Um, but we're not watching him out there, you know, shagging balls all the time. So it's a little bit hard to tell. Um, but anything, anything else you guys want to add? This, I mean, the first guy that comes to my mind that moved from, you know, Chase brought up Franchi, uh, first guy that comes to my mind, Mookie, Mookie Betts, second baseman goes to the outfield. Um, amazing outfielder. Uh, I mean, Fernando's, he's an athlete. He's going to be great wherever, wherever he plays. He's just, I, I don't think I've seen an athlete in baseball quite like this. He's, he's amazing. Like he covers so much ground. I guess the one thing I am scared about, like I mentioned is his, uh, his outfield awareness in terms of all the walls. I think that's kind of an underrated aspect. People don't really know about It's like, it, it's definitely a thing. You know, I was a center fielder, left fielder and not knowing where you're going is pretty scary. And if, if you run into a wall, Fernando runs into a wall running how fast he runs, he's done. Like I can almost, I want, I'll, I'll guarantee that he's done. Um, so obviously the, the reason you do this, you want to keep his bat in the lineup for the rest of the, for the rest of the stretch is defense. You know, if, if he plays amazing defense in the outfield, he's no, no question the MVP, but the whole point is you want to keep him, you want to keep him in the lineup. You want to keep, uh, you know, that's our guy. That's our, that's our electricity. That's our superstar. You want to keep him in the lineup healthy. So I'm not like super opposed to it. I just rather keep him at shortstop, but if he moves, I get the move. Chase, anything you want to add or now? The only thing that I probably would add is the only other kind of unknown is how well him and Grish are going to be able to talk to each other in the outfield because there might be a collision there. Because we saw earlier in the season there wasn't a lot between Grisham and Pham. And we kind of saw how that miscommunication really affected defense and kind of some collisions. And both of them being so fast, they might not be able to react to each other or Tatis might forget to call off or something because he's not used to playing the outfield and it could lead to a collision taking out both players. That's my only other concern. We're going to be talking about the Padres playoff chances and just to go over the fan graphs numbers first before we get into it. Um, right now, the Potters have a, according to Fangraphs, they have a 74.8% chance to make the playoffs, a 3.6% chance to win the division, and a 5% chance to win the World Series. Um, so you can kind of take those numbers with a grain of salt, but that's just kind of like based on how Fangraphs evaluates the roster and where they currently are in the standings, that's kind of where they're at. 
Um, I think that that 75% mark, in my opinion, is pretty fair. Um, right now they have, and we're recording this on Tuesday. So right now, before Tuesday's game, they have a three and a half lead on the Reds. Um, and then they'll be playing the Marlins tonight. Um, but I'll let you start, Chase. What do you think the Padres' playoff chances are right right now, you know, finishing up this Marlins series after beating the Diamondbacks 2-1 and then the win on Monday? Uh, I'd say they're pretty high. I'd say like 80 to 85%, just because the rotation has been a lot better as of late. And if they can just continue to go along this trend, we're going to win a lot more games than we would have when they were struggling. Because that June stretch, yeah, we had June, July, our team had the highest OPS. But we were losing games just because the starting pitching absolutely took us out of games way too soon, and it was just an upwards hill. And, you know, for, like, the World Series chances I get because we are a wild card team, we have to fight upwards. You know, we had that one-game series, and then you got everything else after that. And then you do have to face teams like the Phillies, who I'm not that concerned with, and the Brewers. The Brewers are probably the team that scares me the most out of everyone in the NL. That three-headed monster of the pitching staff they got. You know, Urias, for some reason, just likes to play well against the Padres. They got Christian Yelich. Their team is not to be taken lightly. I'm confident against the Dodgers and Giants, but the Brewers do scare me in the playoffs. Yeah, the Brewers are scary, especially because Yelich hasn't even come into form yet. Adonis is playing at an MVP level. It's kind of slept on, but he's doing really, really well. Um, in terms of the Padres' playoff chances, though, it's just really an unfortunate time to be in the NL West for the Padres. They have the fourth-best record in the NL right now. And, you know, obviously the Giants, the, the Cinderella story, I guess you can say, first team to 70 wins, they're playing out of their minds, and nobody expected this, so props to them. Um, the Dodgers, they're doing what we expected, uh, playing some solid baseball. So I still think we have very good chances of making the playoffs. Unfortunately, it'll probably have to be in that playing game, but um, it's not out of question for the Padres to go on some crazy win streak and then see them three, four games out of first here soon. Uh, you saw the Phillies did that, eight-game win streak. Now they're in first. Uh, Chase brought up the Phillies. I'm not scared of the Phillies either. Just Wheeler's pretty scary. That's about it. Um that's a good team. Bryce Harper also playing at an MVP level. So I'm not I'm not uh, terrified of the Padres not making playoffs. I think like it's something to think about, especially when you see them lose to teams like the Diamondbacks. Um, so it, that's like, oh, man, we're not going to make the playoffs. But also the Padres play up to the level of their competition. So you're, you see that September stretch, a very tough schedule. But like I said, Padres play up to their competition. They're going to play up to that competition, the Giants, the Braves, the Dodgers. So – that's going to be an exciting month, and I, I still do think they'll make the playoffs. This team's too good to not make the playoffs. Starting pitching, starting around under form. Hopefully, Paddock comes back soon and starts pitching consistently, um, and hopefully, Weathers rounds back into form the way he was earlier in the year. Yeah, I think I think Weathers is you know one of those Weathers and Paddock at the end. Like if they can, and they don't have to be perfect. They can have some rough outings, but as long as they provide some strong outings where the Padres are able to win those games, I think you should expect definitely expect them to make the playoffs. Now, a three-and-a-half game lead on the Reds isn't anything crazy, but the team beneath them are um, the Braves and the Mets, and they're seven and then seven-and-a-half game back from the Padres. So the only team that's really like knocking on the door that's super close is the Reds. Um, as we know, the Padres like next week or so is pretty easy, but it is fair to be concerned of that last month they played the Giants, what is it, 10 times? I think they play the Dodgers in two different series. Like, they're playing some really good teams. So that's the concerning part. But like you said, Isaac, 
it seems like when it's time to you know play against these high caliber teams, that's when the Padres have played the best. Um, so I think kind of like their recipe to where they can't you know they can't make the playoffs would be like if they just hit a really rough stretch against you know like at the end of the year against those teams and the and the Reds continue to play really well. However, I'm not expecting that. Um, I think that they're getting into the point where they're a very healthy team. You know, Lamette's coming back. Um, Daniel Hudson's coming to the bullpen. You know, they're having a lot. They've had now three consecutive quality starts. It seems, I think that's what the first time this whole season that that's been the case. I can't think of another time this whole year where they've had three consecutive quality starts. So it does feel like it's coming together. Um, Today they're throwing Craig Stammen, uh, but we've seen that they've been pretty good in the bullpen days. So it's really interesting to see like how it's going to play out in terms of could they, you know, hit a rough patch right at the end of the year at the worst time? Yes, they absolutely could. But everything that we've seen from the Padres this year, I think it should lead us to believe that that's when they're going to be at their, you know, playing their best baseball. And also the Reds, the Reds are playing the Pirates like a bunch of times right now. And then at the end of the year, I think their schedule is going to get a little bit more tough than it's been in like the last couple of weeks when they've kind of made this jump. Um, another thing with the Reds, they have either – one, I think it's either the second or the third worst bullpen in the NL. Their bullpen's terrible. If they're playing against good teams, the good teams are going to beat them just because their bullpen has not been good. I mean, we've seen how a lot of these top-end teams, they they do great against uh, you know poor bullpen pitching. So I think that we should expect the Padres to kind of you know get a little bit ahead of the Reds, a little bit more ahead of the Reds, and you know in a week they could be five, six, seven games ahead of them, and this will kind of be dismissed a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It got scary. It was definitely getting a little bit scary. Were they a game and a half out? Like it was getting a little bit. Ner- you know, everyone's a little bit nervous. Um, so, and, and that was definitely fair. Uh, but I do think the Padres are in a good spot, um, and they're in a spot where they have to go and play their best baseball at the time where it's most necessary to play your best baseball. So, still in a very good spot. Like you, like uh, I don't know who said it, but one of you guys said like they're just unlucky because they're in the NL West. Like that's a really unfortunate thing. Fourth best best record in the NL still. Like they're going to be all right. Uh, but anything you guys want to add? All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. Um, and if, if you guys are really concerned, you know, that they're not going to make the playoffs or whatever the case is, uh, make sure to comment that. But that is going to do it for today's episode. And we'll be back tomorrow for daily Padres content.